You're listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast, where you'll learn how to earn income, live better, and put your money to work for you. Here's your guide on your path to personal profitability, Eric Rosenberg. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Personal Profitability Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Eric Rosenberg. And I'm excited for our guest today. She's she's another friend I met from the FinCon world, and she's done something a little different than the rest of the personal finance bloggers. Most of us focus on me and ourselves and look at everything introspectively, but our guest, El Martinez, she took a different approach. She looked at everything as couples and money, and she is on has her own podcast and her own websites and is on with us today. Say hello to everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Elle. How are you guys doing? Well, I'm doing great. I hope all the rest of the people are doing great, too, because we are going to dive in and have some fun and learn about your story. So, you know, we met online uh, before we met in person. It was awesome meeting in person at FinCon, obviously. But how did you get started with your online writing and blogging thing? I have to say, this was definitely something that started as a hobby that became a side hustle and now is my main income stream. So. Should we're, I do the brothers and brothers in arms or brother and sister yes. in arms? We, we yes. took the same journey on a, on a similar <laughs> timeline too, actually, which uh, which is pretty cool. But so so you, how did you get the idea to start your first blog to, to to get going in the beginning? So actually, I started writing about personal finance. Period, as a way to get out of credit card debt. So, long story short, we started to do the responsible thing. I got engaged, met a great guy. We were in college. Well, he was just out of college and I had one more year left. And we said, okay, we're not going to be like other couples. We're going to look at the numbers. And at that time, I really thought we were on the same page. I mean, we ate cheap. We knew all the happy hour spots. Happy you know, hour is none my of favorite us- hour. It is the best hour. I mean, it's the best every hour, hour for should drinks. be happy hour. <laughs> it's happy hour somewhere. <laughs> so I'm always happy. And so we did it. We we put out the numbers and I was in for a shock. He was in for a shock. I found out he had no debt. I mean, basically, he was completely on cash or a debit card. And the only debt he had, Eric, was like this small one semester's worth of a student loan that he was going to pay off once the grace period is over. And here I was. I had credit card debt. I had a car loan. And I had student loans. So my first two years of college were free. I had a scholarship, actually got paid to go to school, which was great. I love that. I, yes, winning for totally. sure. But I took time off because my grandmother got sick and mm. I, we were very close. And basically, I was her caregiver and I wanted to focus in on that. So unfortunately, she passed away and I went back to school because I knew I wanted to finish it. Um, but I think I was... Grieving, but not at that time. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't paying attention to my finances in any bit of form that I should have, and so I took on student loans for my last two years. And how much so, did you graduate with at the end? What was your? How much had you accumulated? So let's see. Um, since I read about finance, I now knew it. But at that time, believe it or not, I still didn't know how much total debt I was when I came clean to my fiance. So you didn't so, even know. You were just like. I have a bunch of debt. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like I knew, okay, I have a couple thousand on the credit card. So it wasn't anything outrageous. I had a car loan, which I wrote 
wrote about like it was the worst car loan in history. I don't know mm-hmm. why. I did everything wrong. I got had a co-signer, um, my mom, she helped me out on there. It was a ridiculous like 13% interest rate. It just was it with a credit card. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> May have gotten a, be- a better deal. And then my student loans with everything uh, said and done was about just under 20. Okay, so you were so between the car 20,000 a couple thousand for the credit cards, you were what 30,000ish? In the whole? About 35,000. 35. I'd say total. Yeah, 35,000. So, I mean, because the car was a $10,000 loan, but if I looked at the paperwork at one point and was like, if I kept to that schedule, it would be 15,000 for a used car. Yeah, it that's... wasn't I bought a new car. I bought a certified used car because at that time I deserved it. And you'll see that theme come up. Um, <laughs> Especially when I'm, I'm talking about at the beginning, um, not being aware of finances, I was so caught up on the emotions that I I spent to feel better about something to I thought relieve some kind of problem, but ended up causing more. So yeah, I've seen going back re- to that, retail yeah. therapy, as, as some friends call it, is a is a serious issue. I, I've known people who've you know ended up with tens of thousands in credit card debt. Just because of you know those those types of feelings and habits, so uh, that you were only at two thousand dollars on the credit card, not not so terrible, right? Got to yeah, look not, at the bright side. <laughs> yeah, got to got to look for some kind of silver lining. But what happened was we agreed, okay, we're going to get to the wedding, we're going to do a debt free wedding. I am very competitive, and when I realized he had no debt, I said, okay, by the time the wedding comes, which was a seven or eight months away. I'm going to have this credit card debt paid off. And so I started looking at personal finance blogs. I found I'm probably going to date myself like get rich slowly when it was first out bargaineering. We've had JD know, on the I, show before. And Yeah, uh, now he's a money boss. <laughs> said, I don't think we've had Jim yet, but but I'm sure I will from uh, And now he's doing wallet hacks. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. We've um, all come a long way. <laughs> yes, and we've all learned. And so it was a hobby and I started blogging as a personal accountability. So you were um, to keep focused on that. So you were telling people about your debt to motivate you to pay it off. Yes, I was talking about being a working college student, figuring out finances for the first time, where I was trying to live a cash-free, um, cash-only lifestyle. That I figured that didn't work out, but <laughs> debt-free is a better uh, focus. So did and, you when you started that blog? Obviously, you know finance uh, is still kind of a faux pas, which. Um, you know, I, I know, you and I probably don't run into that a lot, and we talk about money all the time. But did you, you know, when you started this blog, did you tell all your family and friends about it, or were you like, oh, "This is just kind of my thing"? So I knew right away I wanted to keep it private, but I used my in real life name, as I call it, <laughs> <laughs> and I had that there. And first of all, it wasn't even like a financially sounding blog name. I, it was a personal blog that I repurposed. So I did everything wrong. And if you're trying to earn money, I don't was do not... what Ellie did or what yes. Ellie did. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. But I started discovering because I was noticing, hey, this is working out. Let me start earning some money with um, strategic ads. You know, what do I use? And if they had an affiliate program, you know, the, the regular stuff that a lot of bloggers start off with. And long story short, I had mentioned it to someone, I, I, but my mother-in-law caught wind of this. And <laughs> How did she find it? Did you, 
Did you tell her? Or did she? Just I never Google told it? her. I'm still trying to figure out how she got the pieces together, but she was very resourceful. And it got awkward because I was still documenting even after we got married, how we were improving our finances, how we were working together. And she got bits and pieces because I used to do like monthly net worth updates. Mm-hmm. And basically, it got awkward because my brother-in-law now was being compared to how we were doing. Oh. Yay or nay, you know, so like... there was uh, some family uh, drama started out of that, like... Hey, well, well, look at what Elle's doing. Why can't you be like her? Or was it the other way around? Well, it was, um, we were doing pretty well in terms of sitting down, getting a budget, having a plan. And it was her not being malicious in any way, but hey, have you seen this? And anytime you compare with finances and numbers, there's emotions involved. And with family, it gets sticky. And that kind of is why I started Couple Money, because I wanted to talk about both the numbers and the emotions. So I decided this is just too much. I um, saw an opportunity that came up and I sold the site. And then I reinvested that money into Couple Money, which is my main venture right now. And that's, that's what your name is synonymous with in the, uh, in the online community, I'd say. That's, that's where I know you from. So when you started that, you, you knew from the outset you were going to write about couples and money. But because... You know, a lot of people haven't gone through this before. Were you writing as you were learning, as you were going along, or did you have like a big strategy and a giant game plan in your head? I had a plan in my mind and we were making a lot of progress. So I should also say on a personal note, I had started a couple money while I had a full-time job that I enjoyed, but the work environment wasn't good. And so this was a side hustle from the get-go. So, yeah. So the first one was a hobby. And then I realized I can earn a little bit of extra money doing something that was helping us with finances, improving. I was networking. You know, Eric, like the FinCon community. Yeah, the FinCon community is just like, they're really sweet. I remember the first month I made enough money on the blog to pay for my beer tabs for a month, which I was like 24. And I was, let's say those tabs (laughs) were not modest. Uh, That was so exciting for me. I was like, oh my God, like I've like made over $100 in a month on the internet. How crazy is that? Yeah. And and what's crazy for those that aren't maybe affi- um, familiar with affiliate marketing, like I was making some money on older posts I had already written for people who just found it and was using the service that I had used to improve with our finances. And like, that's not po- passive income because you still have to write, maintain the site, but that mm-hmm. was really good. And at that time, I decided that this job wasn't going to be just for me. I, I couldn't take the work environment. It was very negative. I just wasn't interested in it. And so I gave my notice. And that was right when the economy kind of crashed, like 2008 or so or nine. Dun, dun, dun. And I had thought, okay, <laughs> well, I'll just find another job. I've never had a problem finding a job. But at that point, I had two things going on. On one hand, I realized I love what I do online. And then two, I was realizing I, I enjoy working. I'm not trying to be a slacker. You know, Tim Ferriss is known for his four hour work week. I enjoyed that, but I wasn't trying to shy away from the, the, uh, working less per se. I was trying to work smarter on something and on projects that I love and enjoy. And so when I was looking for a job that time around, I was specifically looking for jobs that gave me some flexibility. Mm-hmm. And with the economy tanking, and here's someone who's looking for a job that gives, you know, some flexibility either with the work schedule or 
how the work is arranged on a project basis. That wasn't really winning me any interviews. People so were, what I yeah, I, at that, I would say that time I was uh, I was head down in my cubicle just working through it, watching all the layoffs on Wall Street and all that. And you know, me with a finance background, I knew uh, there were, there were probably ten thousand people losing their job that would be after mine. So I I get how that goes. That was a rough time for for a lot of people in the market. It was, but what happened is I had a conversation with a friend. And he was having a business that was web design. But what he was doing was designing websites for carpet cleaners around the country, which sounds like very niche. Yeah, uh, very there's focused. a lot of carpet cleaners. I actually, yeah. um, when I uh, lived back in Denver, I, uh, when I sold my condo, I went and I found a carpet cleaner on Yelp, who was the highest reviewed carpet cleaner on Yelp. And that's why I picked them. But when mm-hmm. I... You know, open up their website. I almost didn't hire them because it was so bad. <laughs> yeah, and that was his specialty. Like his family wasn't a carpet cleaning business because, of, but because of his health, he couldn't um, take it on in that capacity. But he had the knowledge of the business, and he also loved web design. So what he would do is he say, "You know what? You're great at carpet cleaning, but you're horrible on the web. I can help you have a website that is very professional. You can have a blog component." And he was ahead of his time a blog component to it that will get uh, Google uh, links. You can get more business because people find you being the carpet cleaning of XYZ city. But yeah. for him, he loved web design. He hated to write. And a lot of these articles were very much like um, how to clean this kind of stain or mm-hmm. how to prepare for, you know, a party oh, where you're not damaging your marketing heads. stuff. Very Googleable content. Yes. So he said, I know you write. Would you be interested in doing this on the side? So I said, looking at my situation, I said, this is a great opportunity because I could also learn and improve on SEO. I was already a pretty decent writer. I wouldn't consider myself a great writer, but I'm willing to work hard and I'm willing to learn, which I think you and I uh, were both hustlers in that sense that if we don't know something, we're going to put our you know well, our head I, down and learn it that's how i learned web design i wanted an awesome looking website and didn't want to pay anyone to do it so i worked really really hard until i figured it out <laughs> exactly much, much of the world we, we can if we work hard enough we can figure it out if people are willing to put in the effort you know you, there's there's no limit to what's possible yeah and this was an opportunity and i will say this was one of those first lessons of business i had to look back on and see that i learned it was you don't necessarily have to focus on, oh, this wasn't personal finance, which is something I was interested in. This was carpet cleaning, which, surprise, that's not a passion of mine. But this <laughs> idea <laughs> this idea that I can help out a business owner, a small, you know, small uh, business owner with something, with the skill I had that allowed me and gave me the flexibility. So really, I saw now that I was looking more for the flexibility in work versus, oh, it has to be this particular job. Yeah. Um, because you can always pivot and, and take what you learn in one area and apply it to another. So as I was learning and improving, and he knew some web design, he knew a little bit of SEO. He also had membership with certain sites. So uh, being that I was working for him and contracting, he let me uh, use his membership. I would dig in, get the guides, so forth. And it was a great opportunity for me to start applying that with Couple Money. So with Couple Money, I did have a very specific vision. There were a lot of great personal finance sites out there, but I couldn't find at that time one that addressed 
the numbers and those awkward conversations, those emotions, the situations where do I loan to my in-laws? Do I, you know, how do I get my spouse on the same page with the budget? Cause I'm excited or maybe I'm not excited and my, my husband or wife wants me to get on this Dave Ramsey plan. What's going on? So it was like all of those. Dave Ramsey. <laughs> yes. Dave Ramsey is like kept coming up. And so that's overall, I had a vision. I should say that I didn't have a strategy. I had like a, a vision for what I wanted to cover. Mm-hmm. And then as I went through it, I was learning strategies and just being open to the, the FinCon community and beyond and taking and learning and asking questions. So did that, that side hustle helping with the blogging and marketing, online marketing for carpet cleaning let you get to a point that you didn't have to go back to a job or did you ever go back full time at any point? I didn't. That was great opportunity training wheels, so to speak, because I also learned from there how to write for the web. I got uh, different clients. I'm still a contributor with TurboTax. You know, I had done some time with Go Banking Rates, uh, Five Cent Nickel, being a staff writer. Like those experiences, they built, built up. And every time I asked for a little bit more money for the post, and it gave me again an opportunity to grow and learn. But then I also, tried to make sure that I still had some flexibility. Like, for example, with TurboTax, we have a a great relationship because as long as I have it by the deadline, my posts, they don't care if I send it in early or right at the deadline. Mm -hmm. So that gives me flexibility. You know, I'm a a mom of two. I love working from home, having time with the kids and working. I I need both. I need that outlet uh, professionally, creatively. But at the same time, my family comes first. You know, that's, that's great. And that's something, you know, when, when I took the move from uh, Portland to California and left my job, I updated my uh, LinkedIn to say that I'm in Southern California now. And there was a few months that I, you know, I was dedicated to doing this full time, but there were a few months that I was kind of barely squeaking by. Um, at one point we had to take about $2,000 out of savings, which in the scheme of things, not that much, but I was, I didn't like having to take from savings. I was always used to mm-hmm. putting into savings. Then I started getting you know, messages about potential jobs in LA. And I wrote back to a couple of them just because I was, you know, I, I'm, I'm never one to look away when, when a door opens. But I said, I'm only really interested in talking to you if it's 100% remote because I'm not coming to an office anymore. Mm-hmm. So, so that for me, while I was committed to my business and you know, doing my new thing, I, I was still a little flexible, but there were certain boundaries I was putting on myself and flexibility was one of those. Cause, you know, I have a daughter and a wife, you know, we're both parents. So, um, so I totally get that, that having the ability to command your schedule is so valuable and in a lot of ways more valuable than, than money, but it's best to get money when you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I also say like embrace the season of life you're in as a business person. As a parent, as a spouse, as a friend, whatever, things can change. Opportunities can change. Like I did a lot of freelance work as I was establishing myself. And then every time I learned something from the business, like TurboTax, very good team. I saw how they wanted certain things written. They had a certain style. I applied that with couple money. You know, you, t- you take that inf- information opportunity, you're working with um, your clients and then you have something yourself. Always have multiple income streams, but also always be able to take what you learn in one and apply it to another. So that allowed me to also have a couple money be its own way of, you know, paying the bills, 
paying down debt, you know, investing. Now we're trying to pay off this mortgage faster. So piece by piece, it comes. And it, yeah, there's certain like the, the year I had, um, my second one, it was harder than most because I don't know if anyone's warned you, Eric, but if you have two, <laughs> it's, it's not like, oh, it's just double. It's like exponential. Well, it, it we don't have two schedule. yet, but I'm, I'm <laughs> imagining we will someday. But uh, yeah, there, yeah, just having one was like, I mean, if you've never had a kid before, it's like everything changes that day. And you should expect that it would. And I did expect that it would. But a lot of the things I expected uh, were just different. You know, everyone knows you're going to be tired and they're going to take a lot of time, especially in the beginning. But I've also found, you know, as as my little girl's been growing up, it's like it gets more exciting and more fun. And a different kind of work because now she, you know, tries to go fishing in the toilet or something. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly. And you want to enjoy that and be open to maybe shifting things. So when I was pregnant with our second one, I knew that I was going to have less time. I didn't realize how much, but that was the push I needed to get into podcasting, believe it or not. So I heard from so many people saying, I I love the information you're putting out there. I just, you know, as the internet says, too long didn't read. So is there a way you can do a podcast? (laughs) Yeah. Is there a way you can do it? And I was like, I I don't know because I value my privacy. And I thought, oh, I have no idea. I have no background in audio. I love listening to podcasts, but it's incredibly hard. In my mind, I was coming up with all these excuses, but I realized, okay, in this new season of life, I'm going to have less time. So I need to have more projects that I have more influence over. So I saw this podcast as an opportunity to experiment. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? It doesn't take off. Okay, it quietly dies and I go back into blogging or if I have to do more freelance writing and so forth. Thankfully, not only do I enjoy helping others go and running this podcast, it also is a source of income. So it ties in with the overall business and it's it's been an incredible journey and I'm, I'm always trying to learn something new. So you've primarily shifted away from freelancing now into your own business. It sounds like is that where the bulk of your income comes from now from couple money and related activities? Yeah, pretty much. It's um and the podcast is connected to couple money and then for this year I'm now looking at video. So the Ooh. year I started off with the New Year New You Summit and that was basically kind of like my podcast. I kind of just jumped in there. And that might not be the best <laughs> from a business standpoint. But for me, I knew that I had to go all in and try this out and see if I can do it. And by having, I think we did like 16 interviews. It was like five days we released it. I learned so much from it that now I decided, okay, let me see if I can do a business like an online course that can help couples address this. Because I've been talking about this for a while, Eric. And it makes so much sense when I was sitting down because like on the podcast, I share stories from mm-hmm. couples who've done extraordinary things with their finances together. Like maybe they got out of $100,000 of debt, or maybe they were in bankruptcy or they were getting out of bankruptcy, or they retired in their 30s. These are all opportunities to one, engage. I, I don't know of a better way to engage people than a podcast where you know someone's in your ear or in your car. You hear their story. And then from a business standpoint, at the end, say, you know, if this is the situation you're in, I have these resources. So for those that are limited on a budget and they they like to read, I have the the website 
But now I also this year, I'm going to be releasing some video courses on how to get out of debt, on how to talk about finances the first time, how to go on money dates. And so I've been also, (laughs) yes. I, I love like money. <laughs> so, so each, so essentially you have one income stream. It sounds like from the blog. Is that primarily AdSense, like click revenue, or is it primarily affiliates or, or a combination? What does that monetization so it's look like? Primary, it's primarily affiliates. Okay. And I, I'm one of those people that I don't partner with a lot. I partner deeply with a few, which is good and bad. I'm very comfortable with the partners I work with. I think they're great companies. Nine out of 10 times, we use them ourselves. But I did have an experience last year where I lost a major affiliate. Like they just kind of got out of that market. And that was a third of my income, you know, monthly income. And I... That's a... We call that revenue concentration risk in the the finance industry. (laughs) Yes. And it was... And that was actually one of those ones where I didn't... I wouldn't say like I was pushing hard. It was such a natural. Uh, yeah, it was just an easy thing. fit for your content and your audience. Yeah. And so that that's always ideal for me. It's like something so natural. It's almost like just I talk to you and, you know, we, we mention uh, partners that we use and we love. So that opened my eyes. Well, what can I do to, you know, I still want to do this. I, I want to spend time with my family. At the same time, it's still a business. Mm-hmm. So that was the seed to say, okay, you need to start looking at, launching products. So the video is my main focus. And then I am right now in the middle of editing so I can turn in my manuscript for a book. Oh, so you've so, so you've got like four income streams you're working on right now. Well, that's pretty impressive. That's well, good stuff. So so the podcast yeah. being another one, um is that primarily I'm mean, that that's gonna be advertisers on the podcast, correct? So I've done both affiliates and I have like sponsors where I had like um a local credit union work with me for a campaign. And it it's good and bad. And I will say, as a podcaster, it's nice having a partner that you love. Business standpoint, since I'm a one-woman podcast, it was a lot to take care of the the finances, the revenue. And then when you work with banks and insurance companies, you know, Eric, sometimes it takes months to kind of get it situated, disclosures. Right. It was just a lot of work. I find using affiliates or like local startup I work with, Divi Investments, uh, is a great way to partner up and keep things simple. So that's kind of been what I've worked with. But, you know, experiment. I say go for it. Totally. With a podcast, is an opportunity to test things out. Totally. And we got to hang out at, uh, at both FinCon and Podcast Movement last year, right? You were there, right? Yes, I right? loved it. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. I'm going back this year. It's in uh, in Anaheim, so it's just down the road for me. I don't really have an excuse to not go. <laughs> no, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun time. Totally. So, so the so now you have income streams from the from the written content that's primarily affiliate. You have the affiliates and an occasional advertisers on the podcast. You're mm-hmm. selling courses, and now you're working on a book. Tell me more about this book. So I basically am going to write a kind of jumpstart your marriage and your money book. So it's four weeks that gives couples, it's a regular, no, I, it's kind of a hybrid. It's like a workbook book, if that makes sense. Cause I I cannot, I can't read like a dry book with just charts and everything. It shows like, how do you have conversations about money for the first time? I want to take a couple through the steps. Most people not just do that on the first date like I do. (laughs) 
you yeah. know, you are a very special person. Back back in my dating <laughs> days, I, uh, I I did. Um, it, it was probably like awkward for some of the girls I went out with, and I'm like, all right, so here's how it is: like super travel hacker, make money online, no credit card <laughs> debt. Are you compatible with this? Can can you get on board with this train? And uh, and I, I was lucky to find a, an amazing partner. So yeah, so Eric, you should start finmatch.com. Totally. This is I, I did <laughs> That's a business model for you. <laughs> once once upon a time on on the website Budgets Are Sexy for our friend Jay Money's website, I did a, a guest post on credit score dating. Uh, and there's really like dating services out there that will try to match people based on financial background information, which is kind of crazy, but if you think about it, you know, uh, there's such a high divorce rate today and one of the biggest causes of tension in relationships is is finances, it's money. You know, either one person makes more and tries to hold that over the other's head or one person makes less and feels inferior or one spends more and the other gets uh, gets upset about it or or has you know even worse, you know, secret bank accounts, financial infidelity if you will. So so being able to dive in and have real honest and open discussions about finance is really important in a relationship. You know, I'm, I'm totally on board with that message. It's, um, I don't understand how so many couples can survive as a couple without having these conversations. You know, it sometimes surprises me that people just kind of ignore their money and figure it'll take care of themselves. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is like when I've, I've done like a hundred and 70 something episodes with couples, no one yet. I, I should put yet because you never know has come on the show and was actively like trying to sabotage the relationship and finances. A lot of it was I felt uncomfortable talking about this. Like you mentioned for a situation where maybe one was earning much more or it's a one income household and they think they're on the same page where one person's kind of taking charge of the finances, doing the day to day and they might give an allowance. And then the other spouse is resentful about they feel like I'm being treated like a child and I have an allowance, but I'm still contributing, maybe staying home with the kids, taking care of things. Yep. Staying but they're home with not the kids is, you know, it, they sh moms should be paid a lot for the value they provide. It's, uh, it's huge. You know, when I was going to work and my wife was home, home with the baby before I was able to stay at home also because of my job, you know, I didn't mm -hmm. realize how hard she worked. I was like, oh, the baby's like napping half the time. You need to like <laughs> hang out and yes. watch TV, right? No, that's not what, what stay-at-home parents are doing. They're doing a lot more than watching TV. <laughs> yeah, so they're but a lot of times when you ask them or when I asked them at that time, like what were you guys working towards? They didn't have anything. They're like, we're paying the bills, a very vague, like saving for retirement. So the reason I wanted to do this book was a a manual, a guide to having better conversations so that they can create a roadmap that fits both of them. Like, right. what do you guys want to do? You want to retire? What does that mean? Are you thinking in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s? Are you going to be one of those couples that travel? You know, do you want to start a family? Do you want to start a business? Do you want to start both? So it's like the first two weeks is establishing who you guys are as a couple. Where do you want to go and where you are now? And then working with a, I call it a starter budget, mm -hmm. because you and I know your, your, your budget reflects your values and priorities and life happens and you constantly change and evolve and grow. So your budget does too. So kind of a starter a budget. And then the last week is basically, okay, so what are your main goals now? Like for the next five years, do you want to get out of debt? Are you trying to save for a big milestone, like buying a house, starting a family, like I mentioned before? Or do you want to retire early and financial independence is your goal? 
So that's I want to well, give. Let's go for, a let's go for the uh, the trifecta. Let's travel, buy a house, and retire early. Yes, let's have like a <laughs> nest. Like it doesn't have to be a huge McMansion. You just have a like your um, home base, and then you travel. <laughs> I want the mansion though. I want them both. You want it all? Okay, then all. you got to hustle harder. Uh, I'm going to keep at it. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's, see, it's that's great. Though. Actually, my my wife is actually a, a very important partner in my online business and you know she doesn't uh, grace the pages of the blog very often and, and she, her voice has not been on the podcast yet though i've been working on her to, to get her to come on and talk about what it's like being married to me uh, which i'm sure is a bizarre experience <laughs> <laughs> it but, must be fun oh we, we have a you blast. always have been entertaining every time we chat oh, yeah, and we, i learned something blast. new we were just uh you know just this weekend we were off in denver you know the baby was playing with grandparents we were at a wedding having fun we're planning a trip we just had something come up. We might be going in less than two weeks to New York. I just found out this morning um, mm-hmm. together. So you never know. We, we're always doing something fun. But um, yeah. she is my editor. You know, She reads almost everything I write before it goes to a client or goes on the web. Um, so she's you know, a, a, an integral part of the business. And when we met, I was running Denver Flash Mob. It's a uh, little flash mob company we have mm-hmm. that... You know, it was my thing. Now she's pretty much in charge of it. You now I I'm give her advice, but she runs it. It's it's her baby now. So, you know, we've shifted things between each other to make it work. And, you know, she's you know, right now every Thursday she's off um at her parents' house with our little girl, so it's quiet here so I can record podcasts. And you know, that's something that ah. we worked on together. So, you know, having a an active partner in everything you're doing financially and business-wise. You know, think of yourself as a business. It's not just going to work. You do a lot with your money every day. You can't live without it. So you know, having that partner who's really invested and wants to see the same outcomes as you, that'll make it or break it. You can't do it alone uh, if you're in a relationship. Yeah, if you're, if you're single for your whole life, it's all on you. But otherwise, you have to work together. It's it. There's no way around it, or you're going to end up really, really frustrated with each other. Yeah, absolutely. Because you and I know money is not the most important thing, but when it's not in check, when you guys are not on top of it, it can wreak such havoc on a marriage, on your relationship. It's just this needless source of stress and frustration. Right, and when when we've been, you know, those those few months that I, I pulled out of uh, a little, a couple thousand dollars out of savings. You know, I'm sure I was less pleasant and less fun. I can think of a few times where I was really frustrated because I wasn't making what I wanted to. And we went out and did a little house hunting and I was like, holy cow, I can't even afford to live in this house and I don't like it because that's what California costs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, <laughs> since, since then, you know, my, actually, I like tripled my income over a couple months uh, and I've been doing well lately. So I don't have that worry anymore. But then I realized the same thing happens. You know, now I'm much happier. We're looking at houses still. And we can look at better ones than the one I couldn't afford before. Now there's some that I might be able to afford. I don't know. But, you know, just having a positive attitude and feeling like your money is enhancing your life and you're using it versus your money is a crutch that's holding you back. That's a, it's a huge mental shift that's hard to do as an individual and how you're approaching it and thinking about it definitely impacts your spouse. And there's, there's no question. Yeah, I, I really do think that money is a tool that can build, you know, the life that you guys want, taking care of your loved ones, the community or projects that you love, but you have to respect it. It's a, it's kind of like one of those power tools. I'm thinking about that because we're, you know, doing house projects 
where you have to respect it and use it properly to do something great with it. Right. And if you don't do that, then you'll lose your thumb. Like my old shop teacher. <laughs> oh, yes. You lose your thumb. But yeah, and, and that's the same with business. I, right. I realize you... that I have to respect the business. When I work, I'm working. When I'm with the kids, I'm with the kids. And there's, and it, it's hard. It's easier said than done, but oh, I'm totally. trying to have better boundaries this year and improving every year on not only um, as a businesswoman, but as a mom and as a wife. Yeah. I mean, that's, if, if we can all improve every year of our lives, then. You know, from our mouths to God's ears, we lived a good life, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, um, this has all been su- such useful and great information. Thank you so much for sharing your story, for sharing how you became the L we know today from your mystery finance blog that your mother-in-law <laughs> stumbled upon many years ago to to uh, you know, a, a personality in the in the finance blogging community. People can get to know and, and enjoy and be a part of. So thanks for sharing your journey. So if anyone wants to come connect with you, learn more about your projects, podcasts, all the stuff you're up to, where should they go to find out more? The main hub is couplemoney.com. I have the podcast, my articles there, and my links to the videos and courses I do have right now. It's all in one spot. And then if you're on Twitter or Facebook, just look up Couple Money. I'd love to chat and help anybody out. Yeah, and make sure to follow along so you'll, you'll, you heard it here first about this book and you'll, you'll get to go buy a copy and support Elle and learn more about fixing your finances at the same time. So win win for everybody. So thank you so much, Elle, for being here with us for, for sticking around and sharing your story. Thank you listeners for sticking around to the end. As always, if you loved it, please drop a rating, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you do podcasts. It means the world to me and take a moment to share it with a friend because I don't do any marketing and, uh, you are my marketing word of mouth. That's it. So click the share button, let a friend know about it. And hopefully we can grow this thing and and see where we go together and and keep you on your path to personal profitability. So as always, thank you to our guest, L. Thank you for staying to the end. And until next time, stay profitable. Thanks for listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating on iTunes or share it with a friend.